Alrighty, everybody, welcome on in. It's the Back Goods Podcast. Lee, give me a thumbs up. You're you're working over there. I'm working. Oh, babe. Okay, tough tough technology start for Lee, but but we're on the path now. Tommy, you're doing well over there in Birmingham. Oh yeah, baby, no complaints. Well, I have a bit a bit of a surprise for you boys. We're gonna get into the AFC West bets in a minute, but uh, I have trivia. Oh yes, yes, very exciting. Bringing back the old. There, there is one. The the second one, I I can't remember if I've done this player before, but you know, yell at me if if I have in the past. I couldn't quite remember. Jeremiah Bell. No, it is not Jeremiah Bell. All right, had to check. Um. All right, let's just let's start it off. Start it off hot with the first first player. There's three. There's three boys. All right. Um. This player spent his notable years in the NFC East wearing the number eighty-one. But he is not Terrell Owens. Is this a mid two thousands or is this just a player in the NFC East who wore eighty one who's not Terrell Owens? That's that's, that's the first. That's the here? first clue. You got three clues. That's the first. Okay. Clue. All right. Um, Lee, Lee, you want to throw out a guess real quick, man, or? Uh... I, I can move on to two here. It's it's no problem. Let's get the second. I don't, I'm not ready for the second, second clue quite yet. We haven't even made one guess. Um, sorry, I'm doing some reshuffling here in the room. Um, Hakeem Nix wore 88, right? Yeah. Victor Cruz. Victor Cruz yep. wore yeah. 80. He wore 80. You're only thinking Giants. Shocker that you only think about the Giants well, when you talk, when you think about the NFC East. Hmm. Boy, um, yeah, yeah. I think we should get I that guess. next clue. All right, here comes clue number two. He's a Chicago native who plays his college ball at the University of Michigan before becoming a fourth-round pick in the 2006 draft. Oh! The Michigan man. Is that Mario Manningham? No. No, no, it's, uh, dude, I know this. Not St- it's not Stevie Breston. It's uh oh man. This is tough, man. I mean it's not tough, but Shining a light on my inadequacy as a Michigan fan. It's always good. <laughs> um It was the third receiver who wasn't Manningham and wasn't Breston. It was the other guy from the from that 06 uh from those teams, man. I, I, I smoked a little bit too much pot to, to remember who the third receiver was on the 2009 Michigan football team, I think. So I think it might take a hard pass. On all right, all right. Third, third and final clue here. After eight seasons in Philadelphia, he finished up his career with regrettable stops in, Ca- in Carolina and Kansas City. Oh. Is this Jason Avant? Yes. No, all right, there we go. That makes sense. You did Jason Avant last time. I did. I think you. I don't. Did. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if you did. I, don't know. I think you I did. did. I mean, you have to run the tapes back. I'm, I'm pretty sure you did Jason Avant last time. I'm not positive. <laughs> All right, number two. This could be a double repeat. Who knows? I'm just testing to see what what you guys retain. Might need to get you some Alpha Brain from On It. Yeah. You know, some hey. Joe Rogan. Um, All right, this player who wore the number 29 won a Super Bowl as a rookie. Um, Pierre Thomas. Nope. Mm, that's a good guess. Mm. 
I'm assuming this is in the last like 15 years. Um, ooh, Joseph Adai. Yes. Good, good guess. I was literally couldn't put a face to the name. Good I one. was about to good say, one, Tommy. yeah, that was good. Didn't even have to get to the other two clues. All right, last one. He was. I'm a dra- lead at trivia, guys. Come on, let's be real here. <laughs> he was drafted by the Miami Dolphins in the fifth round of the 1996 draft. Zach Thomas. Zach Thomas. Oh boy, there we go. Big boy. Sweep. We're some Zach Thomas guys. Yeah, we are some ZT boys. That's trivia. I don't Very think nice. I did. I don't know if I did, Jason. I'm not sure. I don't. I don't think you did, to be honest. But I think that I'll make up for my my lack my lack of trivia skill and my remember, my ability to remember that you did, Jason Avant, last time. <laughs> um. All right. Shall we jump into uh, the AFC West here? Yeah, let's, well, let's do it. So uh, let's start off with the Los Angeles Chargers, who. Last year, I think Lee and I, if I remember correctly, Lee, we, we kind of abandoned the Chargers for the first time in the in the history of the back judge. And we were right for doing so. Tommy, I don't really remember you being on the uh, the Chargers I was, train either. But they they were my wild card team. They were one of my wild oh, card okay. teams last year. Yeah, well, they, they ended up at 5-11. and 11 and Connor Ryan was on the Super Bowl train. Yeah. <laughs> the infamous power rankings episode that will be coming to yes. you some point early August. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Philip Rivers, uh, end of end of an era, uh, definitely was kind of one of the more uh, interesting departures, and just in terms of a guy who's been there for so long, and it was just seemed like it ended, and no one really said anything about it. But Philip Rivers no longer uh, a member of the Chargers. It's Tyrod Taylor at the helm, as well as Justin Herbert, uh, the the fifth overall pick. Who I know I don't think you know we're too too excited about his prospects at least for twenty twenty. I know Lee definitely is not. Um, According to Foxbet, the Chargers line is at eight wins, and I like the overall roster, but I don't know if the combination of Tyrod Taylor and Justin Herbert is worth a plus three, you know, win margin compared to last year, especially in that tough division and with a coach in Anthony Lynn that I just don't believe a whole lot in. Yeah, I'll pick it up from there, Clap. Um, I'm going to join you again on the, uh, let's call it the Chargers fade train because. Um, I just don't really see a very strong quarterback room with this team. Um, and I don't really think that on top of the fact that they have a lackluster quarterback room, they don't really have a very impressive offensive line, in my opinion. I mean, they brought in Brian Balaga in the offseason, but they still got Sam Tevy at right tackle, which is a place that I really like to see them address in the draft, and they didn't do. Um, and then behind Keenan Allen, I still think they're struggling to find a true solid number one receiver. I mean, Mike Williams is all right, but... I'd still really like to see him break out. He hasn't proven his his stock as a uh, as a top ten draft pick. And then I like Austin Eckler a lot as a gadget back. I think he might arguably be the best player on their offense outside of Keenan Allen. But you know their depth at running back isn't necessarily eye popping. I don't know too much about this Josh Kelly guy at UCLA and Justin Jackson of Northwestern's a good player, but not necessarily an intimidating stable of running backs on the offensive side of the ball. So I think this team is going to really have to rely on their defense fairly heavily. And although I do think they have a Really good defense from top to bottom. I don't think their defense is good enough to be relied on week in and week out in a fairly offensively explosive division, I would say. Um, so for the, for those reasons, I, I would be fading the, the Chargers this year. And just based off the, the way I'm seeing the schedule, the way I'm seeing the roster, I see this as a six or seven win team. Um, and, you know, I've been a Tyrod Taylor believer in the past, but 
I think he's play, he played his worst football in Cleveland when he had his first opportunity to truly be, be a starting quarterback. Um, and, and they kind of put the keys in his hands. Um, and then you kind of see a similar situation here in L.A. where, like, the, like there was in Cleveland, where they're taking a quarterback with their first pick um, in the draft. So not really necessarily positive how, you know, how many games Tyra Taylor's going to start for this team and how uh, explosive this offense is really going to be. So overall, I, I definitely have my trepidation about this team. I do like Anthony Lynn, but I've had my um, questions in the past about his ability to be an effective head coach in this league. So, um, you know, I think there are too many red flags and we'll get, we'll get a bit uh, more into it as we go on with the other teams in this division. I think there's a lot to like in this division this year. So I, I think I'm going to be fairly critical of every team because I do think that there's not a single game that this, any of these teams are going to play in division. That's a given win. Um, especially with Kansas city, you know, the reigning Super Bowl champs hanging around. So um, overall, I, I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit lower than the, than the market on the, uh, on the LA chargers this year. Yeah, I kind of feel similarly to you, Lee, and uh, we talked about this when we did our, our AFC, our initial win total uh, reaction um, in the AFC, and, you know, this kind of everyone outside of the Chiefs is kind of muddled together with, you know, some promise on the roster, but overall a, a lot of questions, and I think this team has, you know, the offensive weapons, Lee, you alluded to it, you didn't, t- you didn't touch on your boy Hunter Henry, who I think, if healthy, is one of the better tight ends. Well, Hunter in the Henry's NFL. played like three football games in the past three years, so I'll wait for him to, yeah, I'll wait for him to really, yeah. the poor guy hasn't been able to stay on well, the field. So. Exagger- exaggeration aside, when he's healthy, he has been hurt, but, you know, when he's healthy, he's been one of the better tight ends in the NFL. Um, Austin Eckler, I think, might be the most underrated football player in the NFL. I don't think he gets any credit, and I'm really excited to see what he's going to be able to do this year, uh, you know, as the bell cow uh, with the Chargers. But, and, and, you know, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, I think the offensive weapons are there, as Lee was talking to. And Tyrod Taylor, I I agree with you, Lee, a lot. In in Cleveland, it was not, uh, you know, it wasn't good. Baker was clearly better than him. Um, You know, how much of that was, you know, in between the years with the the pressure of Baker and, you know, the pressure of having the number one overall pick right behind you. And having Um, Hugh Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, exactly, and having Hugh Jackson. I think overall this is a better situation for Tyrod in terms of offensive weapons. Uh, the offensive line that Lee talked about too is really where I think this could potentially be you know, a, a real thorn in this team's side. Brian Bulaga I think is a really good tackle, but again is a guy who's you know going to be 32 years old pretty soon and uh, is their best lineman, and they didn't go out really and address that in the draft when they went out and got Herbert and Kenneth Murray. And then just to touch on their defense real quick, um, this is a defensive unit that I think could be one of the better units in the NFL. I wouldn't be surprised at all if this team was kind of like had a Steelers-esque season from last year. Um, but overall, it's not enough for me to, to take an over or an under position, really. It's kind of a stay away from me. I, I will have a position on one of the teams in this division, but it's not going to be the Chargers because I think their floor is pretty much six or seven wins, but I do think that this team could be uh, you know, the seventh playoff seed in the same way that we were talking about Pittsburgh on the last podcast. I mean, this team, they have a dominant edge rusher in Joey Bosa. Derwin James is coming back healthy, fully healthy this year, who's a true game changer. Uh, you go out and sign Chris Harris. I mean, this might, this might be the best secondary in the NFL. Uh, their linebackers are a little questionable, but I like Drew Tranquil. They just drafted Kenneth Murray, which I didn't really agree with them trading up and getting up in, giving up that capital to go get him, especially when Kenneth, uh, I mean, when Patrick Queen was still on the board. But 
this is a team that has all the makings of a dominant defense, I think. And if Tyrod Taylor can, if they can, if their offensive line can overperform and Tyrod Taylor can kind of be a game manager, I think this could be a playoff team, no doubt. But I'm staying away from the uh, win total. Yeah, I mean, Tommy, I think that's a good point, too, talking about Kenneth Murray and just giving up that second and third round pick to go up and get him when, you know, overall, you would maybe like to see them use that second and even third round pick both on the offensive line or just to get some depth across the board because while there's good players in, in starting positions, you wonder with a few injuries what, what could kind of happen to this team. And let's bring it into uh, the, the Las Vegas Raiders who are now, you know, now in Vegas, out of Oakland. Um, they went seven and nine in 2019 and, and have a seven and a half uh, line for the wins. Um, that, this is a team too that still confuses me a little bit. Uh, Lee, do you have any pulse on on the, what's going on with with the Raiders and Gruden and Mayock? Yeah, I'll come out and say it right now. This is my favorite to come second in the division this year. I'm I'm wow. I'm, I'm this is wow. Everyone, you, your guys' little darling is the Dolphins, where you can disagree with every move they make, Tommy, and then and then say that you like them. Well, that's me with the Raiders. I can disagree with a lot of team things that this team does. I think they probably overdrafted. Some of the players they got, they probably stacked up too heavily on some positions. But I think this is a kind of a position where I think they've got a great offensive line. I think they have a multitude of weapons at this point. Josh Jacobs is one of the best young running backs in the NFL. I think Lynn Bowden Jr. as a rookie is going to provide a little bit of versatility out of the backfield and as a receiver. And then they drafted Brian Edwards, your boy, Clep, and Henry Ruggs, who none of us were necessarily in love with as our favorite guy. But he's the first receiver taken for a reason. He's got lightning quick speed. And he's proven that he can be a uh, reliable receiver at Alabama time and time again. They still have Hunter Renfro. They still have Tyrell Williams. I think that, you know, they still have Darren Waller. This is a team that is riddled with weapons. I don't know. I'm not necessarily a Derek Carr believer, but I think that Derek Carr can provide more as a pocket quarterback than um, some of his counterparts in this division, which leads me to believe that Derek Carr could end up being the second best quarterback in this, this division behind Patrick Mahomes. And if that is the case, I think that this offense very well could click at all cylinders and take people by surprise. Um, I don't think John Gruden got that 10-year 10, 10 deal to come in and, and win four and seven games. So first year in Vegas, I think there's a lot of mojo with this team. They haven't really hit their mark the past few years. I love the depth, like I said, on the offensive line. I think they've got two really good tackles and great help on the inside. I think we could be talking about a top five offensive line when it's all said and done after this season. Um, so I think that's really going to help their run game. And then on the defensive side of the ball, you know, there are some holes, I guess. Their their corners are questionable. But bringing in Damon Arnett, a guy I really liked, who I had first-round value on, I love that pick. Um, I think Trayvon Mullen is ready ready to step up. I think their secondary, Jonathan Abrams, is going to come back healthy. He showed a lot of spark last year when he got play as a rookie. Um, they've spent a lot of money at the linebacker position. This is just a team that I, I don't really see many holes. I think they got a great rotation of players on their defensive line. Cleveland Farrell and Max Crosby were a great one-two rookie punch last year, just coming into their second year. So, I mean, uh, if we if we grant, you know, like we're granting these other teams, you know, that they can stay relatively healthy and um, get decent quarterback play out of Derek Carr, I think that this is absolutely the second most dangerous team in this division. And I'm really excited for year one in Vegas to uh, to come for this team because I think that they could surprise a lot of people. Yeah, Lee, I think that's interesting because I was getting ready to to fade the Raiders heavily, and I do think you bring up some some good points, especially with the offensive line. I 100% agree with your sentiment that this Raiders team could finish a, as a top five offensive line in the NFL, and I would put them as pretty much a lock. I think you know injuries, of course, uh, you know if you if you hold for injuries, I think they could finish as a top ten offensive line. But 
That being said, um, I take your point with Josh Jacobs. I take your point with the weapons. But there's just a lot of, you know, Renfro was nice last year as a slot receiver. I don't really, I feel like we've seen Hunter Renfro's ceiling, really. I mean, he's a really effective NFL player. I was probably the biggest Ruggs, fans, Ruggs fan out of both of you. I think he's a really dynamic playmaker. But I, Derek Carr, ever since he had that 2016, you know, half MVP season, he hasn't really been as aggressive. And I don't know if that's a byproduct of the offense or him just not, you know, him, his his uh, style of play changing when he broke his leg. But I, I just see a lot of, you know, Waller's a really good tight end. I see, you know, they have a lot of names, Tyrell Williams. They have good players in terms of offensive weapons. But ultimately, it comes down to the quarterback with me and Derek Carr. And I can see him being average, but I don't see him being able to elevate this team, really, in this offense. I mean, this team, as it was last year, finished um, – you know, let me pull up my, I got, they were finished with the 12th overall offense in terms of, of PFF team grades. And still that only netted you seven wins. I think, I hope that Ruggs is able to, you know, make, bring out the aggressive deep, you know, the deep, uh, the deep game that, you know, they wanted Antonio Brown to bring to the table and John Gruden. Uh, I think that, you know, could be potentially something that happens, but for him to come in as a rookie and make that type of impact and, you know, this COVID offseason and everything, I don't really see. And then Lee, I think you are granting a little too much to this defense. This was a really bad defense last year. I think Crosby and Farrell were a nice two, one rookie punch, but still they don't really have a lot of pass rushing depth outside of that. They got some nice players on the interior defensive line. I do like the moves to go out and get Littleton and Kwiatkowski, who we've talked about before. I think they play perfectly off of each other. Littleton is probably one of the better coverage linebackers in the NFL. Uh, but to me, it comes down to the secondary. This was a really bad secondary last year. I like Damon Arnett a lot. But he's going to be thrust in, um, you know, as a rookie corner. Your boy, Amik Robert, Robertson, yep. too. My boy, Amik. But something that we've seen, at least, you know, I was a huge Byron Murphy fan last year. And it, you're going to take your licks as a rookie corner. It's really hard to come in and be a really solid corner from day one. You're going to get beat. Um, and, and I think that's fine. I don't think that's a reflection on, you know, Damon Arnett and Amik Robertson next year. I think they're going to be good players because they're good football players. And we both really liked them. But I think this defense isn't if – this, if this was a Broncos or Chargers defense, I've, I would be all over this team, Lee, to finish second. But for me, I think this is the worst team in the division, and I would be taking the under 7.5. I think they're in the quarterback market next year. Uh, and I also like Henry Ruggs under 740.5 receiving yards in terms of a player prop, minus 115. So I think I'm going to be taking the Raiders under 7.5 wins and Ruggs under 740.5 receiving yards as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think, Tommy, that this is the worst team in the division, but I'm not going to be, I don't know, I, I'm somewhere in between you and Lee. Ultimately, I, I kind of, I can see where there is promise, but I don't really think we've seen kind of the Gruden offense get firing on all cylinders. And, you know, Derek Carr, exact, you know, hasn't, like you said before, Tommy, hasn't been the same since his injury. And so there's a lot of unknown here and there's things that, that could go wrong. And when the defense isn't, quite where you would want it to be there's there's potential for things to to go south yeah but, i mean yeah i mean i don't know if you just put it in perspective though um from the fox bet side of things here um i'm just looking at afc teams their numbers to make the playoffs right so the broncos yes to make the playoffs is plus 162 the chargers yes to make the playoffs is plus 150 um the, the chiefs yes to make the playoffs is minus 1200 and then the raiders is plus 240 so i think 
all things considered, that the Raiders offer the best value. I think you can make an argument that Derek Carr very well could be the best quarterback out of every team in this division outside of the Chiefs, unless you're going to either be a Tyrod Taylor believer to the extent that you think he's going to be a better quarterback than Derek Carr, which is possible, or you're going to be a Drew Locke truther and say that he's going to come out and be um, you know, the, the number two to Mahomes in this division right off the bat, which is another thing that's possible, but I don't believe is true. So I think that the quarterback outside of Mahomes, the, the quarterback, uh, the, the way that the quarterbacks are lining up in this division, you know, there's not a true pecking order, I don't think. And um, I think if there's any time for Derek Carr to elevate his game, um, it would be this year. So like Tommy said, I completely agree that if Carr doesn't perform to a certain level, the, the Raiders are absolutely in the quarterback market. And as much as I may disagree with the signing of Marcus Mariota, I think they did that to light a fire under Derek Carr and to make him realize that there is going to be a little bit more competition for that job this year. He very well could lose the competition for that job. I don't know. But I just think, all things considered, this Raiders team, sure, I, I will accept the argument that someone could make that they could be on paper the worst team in this division. But I don't think it's a very strong argument, and I think the value is on their side at plus 240 to, to sneak into the playoffs rather than betting on any of these other teams to make the playoffs uh, with the numbers they offer. So that's kind of the other angle I was taking at it, too. Let's uh, move on to the, the Broncos here. And, Tommy, I'll pass it off to you because you have some skin in the game and some motivation for this Broncos offense to be firing on all cylinders by taking Jira Judy in the uh, dynasty draft. So where are you at? Because I feel like with Vic Fangio and the players that they have on this defense, that you can kind of say, okay, the defense was, is probably going to be pretty good, but a lot of stuff on the offensive side is resting on Drew Locke's shoulders. So uh, where are you at with Locke? Are you all in, all out, or somewhere in the middle? I am somewhere in the middle, and with you know my draft evaluation of him, you know Lee obviously was a heavy influence on me. Um, I think we saw what Drew Locke can offer. I mean, he has all the physical talent in the world. Um, and we saw that he, you know, played well for a section of last season, but kind of tailed off towards the end. Uh, ultimately, I think this team offers the biggest boom or bust in the, uh, in the division. I think this team's roster is, is really darn good. And I guess it comes down to, to Drew, Drew Locke. I love their draft philosophy, what they did pairing Jerry Judy with court and KJ Hamler with Cortland Sutton. Already gives this team, I think, one of the brightest young receiving cores in the NFL. Noah Noah Fant, Lee and I have been uh, getting in arguments about Noah Fant for the past couple weeks. I think Noah Fant has the potential to be a true game breaker too. I just really love the portfolio of this team's offense and their weapons. And then obviously, I disagree with the Melvin Gordon signing, but having a guy like Melvin Gordon to pair with Philip Lindsay and you have Royce Freeman, who they got a bunch of depth at. Um, the running back position. They have physical. Don't forget that Bronco who, Levante Bellamy too. Oh, I would. I would never. I would never. <laughs> um, they they have depth. They run. They, they got guys who run hard. Um, I think this offense kind of presents a high floor if Drew Locke is able to be, you know, a bit of a game manager or at least play within the system. Um, so on the offensive narrative for them, you know, this is a good. This team has a pretty good offensive line. I think outside of Garrett Bowles. Um, you know, uh, they signed Glasgow, who is one of the Lions' better interior offensive linemen. Dalton Risner coming into year two. Uh, I like the portfolio of this offense. It just really ultimately comes down to Drew Locke. And if Drew Locke is able to, you know, capture the highs of, of last year, then this team no doubt is a playoff team and is one of the better teams in the AFC, I think. And, and 
in a division that kind of is top heavy and is looking for teams to, if, if Drew Locke is a top 15 quarterback, I mean, this, this team, this team is going to be a playoff team, I think, and could challenge the chiefs, dare I say for the uh, division title. Um, this defense was the fifth ranked defense last year in the NFL. They put Justin Simmons on the franchise tag. Obviously they lost uh, Chris Harris Jr., but I think this is a team that kind of overperformed last year with Vic Fangio or, Fan, the, the the Fangio presence, I guess, gives me gives uh, gives faith gives me faith. Um, you know, I, I just think this this team presents kind of a, a little bit of a high floor, and even with Drew Lock playing poorly, again, this is this could be like another Steelers team, and and kind of the analogy that I brought up with the Chargers as well. If you know, even if you have a struggling quarterback, if your defense is able to keep you in games and you have the type of talent that this team does on offense, they're going to be a tough out, I think. Um, and Vic Fangio, I think, impressed me. Uh, you know, in year one as a head coach, a uh, in a, in conclusion, a little storyline that I think is interesting is Von Miller kind of dropped off a little bit last year. So I think maybe if Bradley Chubb can take that next uh, step, he was hurt last year, and kind of give this team, you know, that dynamic duo that they had in his rookie year coming off the edge. Um, you know, I think that's just an interesting storyline. But overall, I'm pretty high on this Broncos team. I'm going to stay away from the win total just because I'm, you know, I'm not incredibly confident in them, but this is the team that I think had definitely has the highest upside out of the, the three teams outside of Kansas city. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to die on the Broncos Hill because uh, I don't like this team. I don't like this team at all. I don't like Vic Fangio as a head coach. I don't like Pat Shermer calling the plays. I sure as heck don't like Drew Locke as a quarterback. Um, and I just think that overall, you got to kind of choose who you like and who you don't like at a certain point. And this is just one of those teams I don't like. Do I think it's possible that they win eight or nine games? Absolutely. But if I had to choose a team that I'm going to fade in this division, while also seriously trying to be as objective as I can be in this situation, it would be the Denver Broncos. Um, I'm not a Drew Locke fan. I think the very thing that you just said about him playing within a system is the antithesis of what he does. He's a gunslinger. So he can win games doing that, but for you, to, for Pat Shermer to try to fit him into a Case Keenum-sized box, which is what I assume he's going to try to do, I don't think that's going to work. Um, I think Drew Locke is going to turn the ball over a decent amount. And even outside of Drew Locke, um, I don't think this defense, you can't just throw the Steelers tag on any defense that looks good. The reason the Steelers were such a great defense last year is because they forced turnovers, created turnovers, and scored points. Um, and I don't think that's really something I see the Broncos defense doing nearly as much as the Steelers did. So. Um, yeah, I like the drafting of Michael Ojemudia. I think he's a blue chip player. He's going to come in and, and, and be physical. I, I will say that. Um, obviously, the combination of Bradley Chubb and Von Miller could be one of the best duos in the league on defense. But I'm not in love with A.J. Bouye as a corner. I think Bryce Callahan is good. But the secondary, you know, it's solid. But I don't really think this defense is the Denver Broncos defense of, of seasons past that's going to, you know, will their way to winning games. I Absolutely, this team always has a great home field advantage. Their defense is absolutely going to be tough. They have a defensive-minded head coach. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, this, is, this team has, has made too many questionable moves, in my opinion, for me to really be on board with what they're doing. Um, and then we let's talk about Garrett Bowles. Like, that guy's not a good left tackle. So I will say, I'll totally grant that their offensive line is solid outside of him. But when your left tackle is as questionable as Garrett Bowles is, that does rise some questions for a young quarterback like Drew Locke. Um, and I think we saw Drew Locke peter off towards the end of last year because teams were starting to figure him out a little bit. And 
I quite honestly think this very well may be open season on Drew Locke and that the Denver Broncos could be in the quarterback market. Um, if this team, you know, kind of, if this offense, you know, craps the bet, which I think is something mm. that people, you know, have to, it's a, it's a, it's a realistic possibility that not enough people are entertaining. I don't think so. Um, overall, you know, Jarrell Casey, they brought in a guy who, you know, probably played his best football. Um, you know, so I think that the defense is better than the offense and the defense is, you know, right around top 10 and they're not a defense that's going to score, score very many points. So I can see the Broncos it's, surprising some people and gunslinging them way, their way to some wins, but I don't think this team is going to be a wagon that's going to be competing with the Kansas City Chiefs for the division crown whatsoever. I, I, I'll take the Raiders over them. I think, well, why do you think they're not going to be able to force turnovers? I think that's kind of just like, one, it's a bit of a random thing to begin with. And then two, I mean, this this team has well because you're just throwing the Steelers tag on this well, t- on this because both when because the they were, Steelers this what the Steelers were doing last year was fairly unprecedented and and, and the reason that they stayed in so many games well, is because I, I mean I, I don't have the splits in front of me but then the I'd Bills like I, I don't I, I meant more for both of them just if you have a top ten defense and your offense is able to play a little bit of complementary football or at least they're put in a role where. They are forced to play complementary football, football, or they can play complementary football in order to win games. Broncos had the fifth best defense in the NFL last year. I was low on the Broncos last year. I mean, they surprised me. They started off poorly and ended up finishing seven and nine. Um, kind of had a little bit of a boost when Drew Locke, uh, you know, came back. I just think this is a. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to say that this is going to be one of the best defenses in the NFL. I just think that they're in a position. Too. And maybe the Steelers, uh, you know, analogy is a bad example. But I'm more just saying if you have a, a top 10 defense and a top 5 defense even better, then you're going to be in a lot of football games. And especially with the offensive weapons that they have, both in the run game and the pass game, there's a lot to like. And it just comes down to Drew Locke, really. Don't, uh, don't, yeah, don't, 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 don't discount Sam Martin punting for this team, too. I was going to say, I didn't even know that until, <laughs> until I, just, I just saw that. But yeah, I mean, I get what you mean. I, I guess it comes down to me, a combination of things. Here's what it comes down to, outside of my jarble that I just gave out. Um, I don't think Pat Shermer is a good coach. I don't one think – I don't, I, I don't exactly, have but he's a coordinator. He's, and he, he became a head coach because he was a really good okay. coordinator in Minnesota. All right. I don't think what Pat Shermer does as a coordinator lines up with Drew Locke's style of quarterback play. I don't think that – uh, Drew Locke is a very good quarterback, and I don't think that this defense is a top five defense in the NFL. So I guess that's where it comes from. If they can repeat that next year, I don't know where you're getting this top five number from statistically, but if they can repeat that, um, I'm sure they'll find more success than I'm granting them right now. But the way that I see it, I don't think they're going to be a top five defense, and I don't think Drew Locke is going to be the answer to their prayers. So Sure. Do I think seven or eight wins could happen? Yes, but I'll cap it there because I think it's more realistic that this team falls behind um, and wins six six games this year. Let's uh, let's move on to the nope. Kansas City Chiefs. Where that was according to PFF, just just FYI for the listeners. Connor Connor Ryan that. will like that. Yep. <laughs> um, Data point. The, the Kansas City Chiefs, obviously winners of last year's Super Bowl just today, Patrick Mahomes getting a 10-year deal reportedly worth north of $400 million. So a uh, his, historic deal for Patrick Mahomes, but everyone kind of knew that that was coming down the pike here. And to me, this is a team that 
you know, hasn't changed all too much from last year. Uh, most of the same uh, guys that were, you know, key cogs in, in that Super Bowl winning team uh, in 2019 are, are here again in, in 2020. But uh, some reinforcements have come along uh, with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, their, their first-round pick, the running back from LSU. Uh, got a guy in Willie Gay Jr. who we talked a good bit about uh, in, the, in the pre-draft process at, at linebacker, just a guy who fits all those prototypes you want but has some issues you know, off the field and, and in the film room maybe. But you know, here in, in Kansas City, hey, maybe uh, you know, with, this, with this good program that Andy Reid has going, he can get uh, his head on his shoulders a little bit and start contributing you know, maybe way sooner than anyone could have ever expected. You know, to me, this defense is, is still a little bit suspect uh, in, in a bunch of different areas, specifically at, at cornerback. But uh, when you have an offense with Patrick Mahomes that can seemingly score five touchdowns in, in a quarter, um, it doesn't seem to matter all that much. And I expect the Chiefs to be right back on top of this division and I, generally, I think Patrick Mahomes is probably the best player in the NFL at the moment. Yeah, there's not too much to disagree with there. I'll be I'll be quick here. I do want to say, outside of my bet on yes for the Las Vegas Raiders to make the playoffs at plus 240, I will be suggesting to bet the over on the Kansas City Chiefs at 11 and a half. Um, I think that there's only one team that's going to be getting a buy. If I, I'm right. They're they're implementing that this year. One team's getting a buy out of the seven teams in the in the playoffs on each side, right? Yep. So they've changed it. Yeah. So I think the Kansas City Chiefs will be that team in the AFC. Um, we kind of talked about the Ravens in the last podcast. I think obviously the Ravens are going to be in contention. You still got to give the Patriots their due. Um, but I overall think that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be winning twelve or more games this year. Um, I simply just think that they're too good to uh, to be lagging behind. They're kind of in the prime, their prime as a team right now. So. It may be a little bit, uh, a little bit rich there. Just you know, you're betting an, an over at eleven and a half, but I think four losses is, is where I see this Kansas City Chiefs team at, and I really wouldn't be surprised if it was three losses. I'd be more surprised if it was five losses than three losses. Um, what did they go eleven and five last year? Yeah, but that was twelve and four, so, 12 and, four and that was even 12, with uh, some Mahomes yeah. injuries. So twelve and four with the Mahomes injuries. So the, the line at eleven and a half there, as you know, confusing and somewhat competitive as this division may be. Um, I still think that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be they're going to be wearing the crown. They might they might lose one division game, um, and outside of the division, I don't see them losing more than three games. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and give out the over eleven and a half at minus one twenty for the Chiefs. I think that this team is uh, going to continue to roll. Yeah, I probably would uh, lay that too, Lee. I mean, I'm I'm probably just going to stay away just because. Uh... Betting overs at 11 and a half, I don't know how much mathematical value is there, even though we never have been about that. We've never been about the mathematical value. But, um, yeah, there's not much to disagree with you guys. I mean, everything you said about the offense, I mean, this is the best offense in the NFL. Uh, they just added Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who's just uh, going to fit like a glove and I think has a chance to be you know, a pro Bowl running back in his rookie year. Uh, and they still are going to implement Damian Williams, obviously. Uh, I do kind of have a legitimate concern about this defense just because I think they started to overperform towards the – they caught steam towards the end of the year and especially in the playoffs. A lot of that had to do with Tyron Matthew. Uh, getting Juan Thornhill back, who was really nice, had really a really nice year last year as a rookie, but he tore his ACL towards the end of the year. Um, I just have some legitimate concerns about the defense. But that being said, like Klepp said, when you can score five touchdowns in a quarter, the defense kind of just has to play bend, don't break. So – uh, I, you know, the only thing I would look for is a potential maybe hangover, but then again, you know, this team knows what they're doing. This is Mahomes entering his third year as a starter. So 
Yeah. Um, On that point, Tommy, it's interesting you talk about a hangover because I forgot to bring this up. I, I did want to bring this up. Um, of the Kansas City Chiefs' first four games, um, three of them are against playoff teams last year, yeah. notably with, you know, you've got the Texans, the Ravens, and the Patriots. Those, those are three of their first four games, and the other one's against the Chargers. So this team definitely is going to be dealing with the brunt of that first-place schedule. Um, there's not, It's not going to be any easy games, but I think that um, any one of those teams fears the Chief, Chiefs on their schedule just as much, if not more, as the Chiefs fearing them on their schedule. So. Um, I do think that's an interesting point. Yeah, and I think that hangover. Too, I think that hangover may come week one. You know, and that could be an interesting spot in that Thursday night game. For usually, you see those hangovers happen on that season opener. Yeah, but even though you say that, Lee, like having three of four teams in the beginning of the year be playoff teams yep. from last year, it's like sometimes that won't even allow you to have a type of hangover where it's just like mm-hmm. we got to get rolling Absolutely. right now. You know, they they understand what's coming down. Yeah. You know, hard and fast. And you know, Tommy, I I like I, we totally agree that there's things to be concerned about with this defense but the one thing that i would point to here as opposed to a team like the raiders is even not even considering what the offense can do at least the chiefs have three players in my opinion who are elite and that's tyron matthew chris jones and frank clark you know so you do have uh, you Mm -hmm. know upper echelon players who can you know pull i don't know about frank clark being elite but i mean i I, I take chris jones and matthew for sure yeah. yeah, he can get after it, but he's not like an elite pass rusher, I don't think. Like Chris Jones, Chris Jones is you know one of the better defensive players in the NFL. I t- I take that point. Um, I think but, Frank Clark is a monster, man. Yeah, he's really I, good, but he's not like a Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, Miles Garrett. Like he's not in that upper echelon of edge rusher. I don't think. Otherwise, Seattle would have paid him. I don't know, man. He's a different type of player. Not, he's just—he's more physical. Yeah, he's not. So, he's uh, not. He's not as good of a pass rusher, but I think his presence is just as significant as a Miles Garrett. Honestly, yeah. I really do. So, All right. well, we can we can agree to disagree on that. Um, I kind of want to go back to the Raiders' schedule because that's something I forgot to bring up when we were talking about them, and they like low key. I think have a pretty tough schedule, or at least opening. Uh, you got you go to Carolina week one, which I think is a you know a relative cupcake, but then you go. Saints in New England, at home to Buffalo, at Kansas City, by Tampa, at Cleveland, at Chargers, uh, Broncos, Kansas City. So um, I think, you know, they, they finished, what, third in the division, and they're, they're, they got that third-place schedule. Uh, I don't know if that you guys want to touch on that, but I just thought that was interesting towards my, my under seven and a half, just the, the, the first, you know, up until, you know, that Cleveland game. The first seven weeks of the season are, are pretty tough. And they're playing teams that I think are all better than them, with the exception of maybe uh, Carolina. Yeah, I mean, you obviously don't think the Raiders are good at all, so I can see how you'd think that. But if you think the Raiders are a somewhat competitive team, then it'd be it'd be a bit more interesting to. Like, I think the Raiders very well could win three of those games. There's a there, there's a couple of interesting week yeah. one games for for Lee's boys, considering uh, you know we got the the Cardinals. I can't remember who they're playing, but then. Uh, the, the Panthers and the Raiders as well, and just you know, a couple. Of, Cardinals are playing the Niners. Yep, yeah, yeah, just a couple of interesting spots for for Lee in Week One when we get to it. Oh yeah, Lee, Big wouldn't time. wouldn't you rather just take the Raiders over instead of them making the playoffs? It's it was even where I saw it, over seven and a half. Um, I mean, no, I'd rather just take them making the playoffs because I think they could get into the playoffs with nine wins, so. Yep. Probably so rather you, you wouldn't. You don't think they're going to win over seven and a half games, or 
You think that you'd rather? Well, bet yeah, I, I do, but I just think the value is better with them making the playoffs because they are seven teams in the playoffs now. So the bar is set a little bit lower to make the playoffs, and I think that if they get there over, then they're I think they're going to be in playoff contention. So yeah, definitely. I just think that there's a little bit more value if you because the over is minus one ten, whereas them making the playoffs is plus two forty. So I just think that you know I'd rather I'd rather take the shot. Yeah, I mean, to me, to me, it's interesting when you look at the the lines, you know, below the Chiefs. Just, I think the Chargers are getting a lot more credit, maybe than they should be. I don't know. I'd be much more willing to to put money on on the Raiders or the Broncos over the over the Chargers and and where they're at. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean I you look at even to like probably... to win the division. The Chargers are plus seven hundred. Broncos plus a thousand. Raiders plus twelve hundred. Like, I think the ceiling for for the Broncos and Raiders are higher than the Chargers is. Yeah. Definitely. I would agree with that. But, yeah, I, mean, I, I but think the, Chargers, the floor is probably I, higher for the Chargers. The Chargers, yeah, I was going to say. The Chargers, yeah. I think it's hard to disagree. Yeah, but, but, but I mean, if you, not that any of us are going to pick somebody to beat the Chiefs in the division, but when you're just talking about playoff bets or over bets and stuff like that, you'd rather, mm-hmm. I think, you know, bet on the team that has, has a higher ceiling rather than it's going to be kind of a nail-biter maybe. But who knows? Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I just think that this Raiders team, I mean, a lot of it also has to do with Gruden, you know? I mean, yeah. What does it say about Gruden if he, if, you know, if the Raiders win six games this year and he's won, you know, a combined, you know, 15 games in his first three years? Yeah, I think, I mean, that's an interesting hypothetical to play just because even that too, though, I would definitely start putting some blame on, on Mayock too and the whole draft process that they have. I mean, they, they definitely, I guess, you know, year one, you have a liberty to take some risks and if, if things don't work out, you know, maybe you say, oh, it'll just be better next year when they have more room to grow. But taking guys like Tanner Muse in the third round, it's just kind of decisions like that can can sometimes, you know, make a make a big impact on a team. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I will say, though, we all were dogging their draft class last year and they had one of the more productive. I feel like they just hit doubles like Tanner Muse is going to he's not he's going to make the team and he's going to find a role. And I feel like that's Mayock's kind of. You know, his whole philosophy is uh, we're finding players who obviously fit the culture, but are gonna find uh, you know are gonna fill out a role for us. I mean, the Raiders rookie class last year, we I mean, we all were like very skeptical of, and you know they get Max Crosby in the fourth round who has what like eight sacks or whatever he did, and you know I think this I don't think I don't know, and but, then also Gruden's Gruden's on a Farrell didn't contract. play that well. Like no, Cleveland Farrell definitely didn't play that well, but the you know. They still were a pretty darn productive rookie class. Renfro obviously had the impact that he had. Um, and Abram was really good when he was healthy. And yeah, Abram was, yeah, I guess you know Josh Jacobs and stuff too. But I, yeah, yeah, I I think I just don't you know I think Gruden and Mayock have done a good have done a relatively good job. I don't think they're going to be. I think if the Raiders were the worst team in the NFL, Gruden is not going to feel any pressure. He signed a ten year contract, and I think Mayock is linked to him at least for the next couple of years. Um, yeah. and also, he hasn't been able to get his guy yet in terms of quarterback, and I think that means something to the narrative, or at least the perception. Well, yeah, I mean, he hasn't been able to get his guy, but he kind of could have. He doesn't really have an excuse of why he couldn't get his guy, you know. There's well, mediocrity. Been, and he's had, he's had opportunities to, you know. Yeah, I mean, you, they, you've, they had, you've had two so first-round picks. You've had two first-round yeah. picks in, in the last two drafts, so – I mean, if there was a guy they really yeah, liked, they could have packaged. 
you know? Sure, but we shouldn't be we shouldn't be punishing them for not taking a guy like for not taking Daniel Jones at four last. No year. one's punishing them for not doing it. You're making an excuse like for they haven't had a chance yeah. to get their guy. I'm just saying they have kind of like but, they probably could have gotten their could guy. Could have signed Cam like someone. Yeah, but it's yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, okay, well, that's different because, you know, Carr is making $27 million for another couple of years. And I don't think we should be, when I say, oh, they could have got their guy, they they also could have just, would you know, and they didn't get their guy probably because none of the guys were their guys other than Kyler. I remember there was the Kyler talk with Oakland last year. Um, and when, when we did our little mock draft, uh, we got him to Oakland. But I don't think, and, you know, they were at the 12th spot this year. Obviously, they had two first-round picks, but... I don't think we should be – the fact that they didn't get their guy is probably because they thought we would rather draft other players and, and roll with Derek Carr. Um, so I don't think, you know they, – they have time, and they're, I feel like they're building something, but I, I do think they're a year or two away. Any, uh, any final points, boys? Should we do our standings? Yeah, uh, almost blew by that. I, I'm probably just going to go Chargers fourth um, – God, I mean, I feel like the Raiders and Broncos might honestly like just tie this year. I don't really have a great feeling on on either of these teams, but um, I think I'll go with Gruden and Carr over Locke and Fangio um, slightly. So I'll go, I'll go Chargers fourth, Broncos third, Raiders second, Chiefs first. Attaboy, clap. I'm I'm going uh, I'm going Chiefs first with thirteen wins, Raiders second with nine wins. Chargers third with seven wins. Broncos fourth with six wins. Take the over, man. Take that seven and a half over. For the Raiders. Maybe I will. I don't. <laughs> you like smiling over there about like you're like a little devious little man. Does <laughs> because I'm on the because I'm on the other side of it. I'm on the other side of it. Um, right, take the under then, I guess. I, 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 I will be. <laughs> I got Chiefs. I go. I'll go Chiefs one. For me, it's you know Denver and the Chargers being interchangeable with two, three. But I'll go Denver two, Chargers three, uh, and Raiders four. Oof. Tommy. So do you think what do you think no one's going to make the playoffs outside of KC in this division, Tommy? I don't. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, all these win totals are at seven and a half at least on my on my offshore. I feel like they're all kind of everyone seems to see these teams in that in that muddle. But it's just going to come down to. Is Tyrod going to be, you know, is Tyrod and that just Chargers defense going to be good enough to, I think, you know, and to your point, your guys' point too with putting the Raiders too, I think all three of those teams could make that that wild card spot. But, yeah, um, you know, I would yeah. rather just bet on one of those teams from the field making it than choosing one particular team because you kind of have to go out on a limb and bet on a, a little bit of potential that we don't know that has to be actualized. Um, and, but, and like I said with the Broncos, I think if Drew Locke played like he did in his first three games rather than his last three games, then I think Denver is a legit Super Bowl contender. Well, yeah, that's because he was like playing like lights out in those games. Yeah. Like, like if he plays like that, they're going to probably win like 12 games. I just don't think that's very realistic. Like if you expect Drew Locke to, to come I, and perform lights out on a week-to-week basis, then yeah, sure. The Broncos are going to be good. But like I just think that's a really big if. You know? I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I agree with you. I'm not saying he's going to be. I'm. I just. You know. I don't. I'm not going to go out and. I guess. And say I guess I'm just teams. trying to say. Do you think any of the teams are going to make the playoffs outside of Kansas City? Or do you just kind of? Yeah, it's it a weak. It's a weak conference that's top heavy and seven teams. So, are make so who? It. Would you, so you think the Broncos? You think the Broncos are going to? 
I would, yeah, Broncos or Chargers. I think those okay. are the, it's the Broncos or the Chargers in my book. All right, boys. Good pod. Beautiful. Q stay scheming. <laughs>